0: I'm, I'm a firm believer in, in global megatrends, um, those are trends that are commonly can be agreed upon that they will last for the next decades so or 10 or 20 years and about five, six years ago some of the, the trends were globalization and I think we can agree that that still holds true. Also, uh, people uh, working from home was one. <music>
1: What's going on, STR Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Short Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Ponti. What's going on,
2: E? my brother? So good to see you. Um it's been a crazy week. It's it's almost Christmas. Um, especially by the time this episode airs, right? It's gonna be like the week before Christmas, probably. Um, so if you are like me, go buy those presents. There is no time, everything takes absolutely forever like it is this it's it's so weird to go into shops where you used to see a lot of stuff and just seeing empty empty shelves i don't know if it's just here or 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 what it is but yeah there's no time so if you are waiting to buy presents don't do it it just makes you anxious um ask me how i know because i'm anxious right now that i'm not gonna get presents in time uh but other than that life is good uh had a had a little a fire at a property of ours in the in the midwest over the weekend um so that's always fun right we had like 24,
1: literally a fire or like yeah no we
2: had we had a 24 and and i was saying little in a very sarcastic way we had a 24 unit apartment building catch on fire completely it's a it's it's a complete loss so um but luckily we have insurance for that reason right so it's it's all everybody good. good i hope <laughs> Yeah, it was actually empty. We were in the process of like rehabbing it, um, so it's it's going to be uh, some in insurance claim now, and we have to figure out all the specifics of it. But it's something new for me. I've never had a had a building catch fire completely. There is a total loss, so we have to file the claim with the insurance, and then they have to go inspect it and, and everything else. Um, but. I believe the universe is rigged in my favor as always. So something good will come from it. Um, and I'm sure we'll get more money than we need from the insurance. Um, or at least I'm speaking that into existence right now. So we'll see. We'll see what happened. But um, how was your week? Hopefully no fires on your front. Because that would be weird if we both had a fire. <laughs> Ironically,
1: week. one of our um, surge protectors started to smoke a little bit. We okay. Had, luckily, I guess just unplugged it and let us know. I was like, that's weird. So. Yeah had that issue before
2: so yeah never Nothing so. burnt
1: down so we're good there but no things are good things are moving along got new floors in the florida house Got nice. the uh the muralist in there doing all sorts of cool stuff mario room is well underway i cannot wait to show you guys like mm. some progress picks as this thing gets going because it's going to be awesome
2: so really
1: excited for that yeah and uh really excited for our guests today um so without further ado i want to get into it so Today we have Marcus Rader with us. He is the uh, founder of HostAway. And so he's been in tech startups since 2006. He's got six years ago, we saw an opportunity to get involved in an industry that he's passionate about, which is vacation rentals. Uh, The existing solutions in the space were built by real estate and travel professionals rather than technology professionals. So in co-founding HostAway, it's an all-in-one vacation rental management company Uh, Their team had an immediate competitive advantage, and he dedicated himself to learning about the vacation rental ecosystem, uh, creating a network of valuable relationships in the industry. And today he's the CEO of Hostaway, which is the fastest growing solution on the market. Uh, They've got preferred partners with all the big OTAs, Airbnb, Booking.com, Verbo, and they have the largest marketplace in the sector with more than 100 integrated software partners, and uh, in his spare time, he enjoys playing guitar with his daughter, who is a big death metal fan. Love that. Uh, and he's also closely interested in the venture capital markets and often gets interviewed regarding the vacation rental landscape and mergers and acquisitions activity. So without further ado, Marcus, welcome to the show, man. Excited to have you.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much for for having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. Um, haven't had any any fires yet, but I hope you uh, you... Get at least a good experience out of that, manager. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think I'll, 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 I'll
2: I have enough fire for everybody on this call for this. So we'll, we we're all good for twenty twenty one. You guys can take the twenty twenty two fires, but I I'll I'll take it for us for twenty twenty one.
0: Yeah, but Mike, I have I have some feedback for you. You can't just leave us leave us hanging. What's the Mario room? We gotta know. <laughs> Tell us more.
1: So uh, the listeners. We, uh, we let them know. So we closed on a, a 10 bedroom house near Disney world in Florida last on December 1st, we closed. And so we're doing different. So there'll be six adult rooms and then four kid themed rooms, plus a game room, plus a movie theater, plus like a bunk room. And so the bunk room has it's, it's Mario themed basically. And so I had a, a custom builder that used to work for Disney come in and it looks like, like you're in a Mario video game. So there's like the green tubes and you've got those piranha plants coming out that he sculpted and it's, it's going to be awesome. So more, I'm just teasing it out and just letting them know like week over week, the, uh, the movie theater going to, is going to feel like you're in the Millennium Falcon from Star Wars. So you're going to walk in, it's going to feel like you're in the ship. It's, it's gonna be sweet. I can't wait. So
2: I can't. I can't wait. I can't wait to invite myself to this house. Yes, <laughs> sounds sounds
0: amazing. I, I don't need ten bedrooms, but I do need a Mario room. That's that's yeah. Sure. That's where we. I've <laughs> never been done. in one. <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. I love it. So, Marcus, why don't you tell us like what, what triggered you? I guess you know. I know you were in tech and, and things like that and startups. So, what triggered you to kind of pivot, and what did that journey look like? as you you know, co-founded host away
0: well I've always been uh been a traveler I was uh, I was born in Sweden but grew up mostly in Finland and uh, and my wife is from Poland we met at quite a quite a young age and I've also lived in in Spain and and Canada and Amsterdam and lots of different places around the world and uh, I'm also very interested in real estate now when I I moved to Canada six years ago, uh, living in Toronto or moved to Toronto and still still live there. Um, I thought there's got to be be a way to to turn Airbnb from an amateur business into, into some big business. And it, it turns out that there actually was. There were tens of thousands of property managers or Airbnb hosts, whatever they were called back then, who were already doing. So my idea was a bit, I was maybe five years behind time or three years behind time on that. And I thought, okay, but if there's so many businesses doing it, they, they got to have some problems because if they didn't have problems, like Facebook, everybody knows them because they they had enough years without any major problems. Uh, Google, everyone knows them. How can nobody knows these Airbnb hosts or these property managers? And I started interviewing them and I found out that there's uh, there were a lot of problems related to technology. And this was... This was six years ago. I mean, even the way the Airbnb platform has evolved, it has enabled a lot of the things that weren't even possible back then. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it was pretty clear that there was a there was a lot of technology available, but a lot of it wasn't even working with Airbnb because there was a major shift that Airbnb brought on, which was going from the traditional vacation rentals. Into Airbnbs, into cities. So we're talking new people, new type of properties, new inventory, new type of guests, different guests, not families with dogs, but rather business travelers who are staying for two nights downtown. Um, and because of that, none of the technology had stayed up to date to catch those trends. Um, there were also, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, in global mega trends. Um, those are trends that. Are commonly can be agreed upon that they will last for the next decades or 10 or 20 years. And about five, six years ago, some of the the trends were globalization. And I think we can agree that that still holds true. Also, uh, people uh, working from home was one. And especially now with the pandemic, um, that's something that's really accelerated. But that was a trend back then, that people can work from home more or working remotely. Mm-hmm. Also, the, the digital nomad lifestyle was a, a big trend. I never actually been one, but I, I believe in the concept. I, I usually lived many years in the places that I've, I've moved to. And so, so because of my tech background, I've, I never really gave much, uh, much value to any ideas because I know an idea is just an idea. But then the execution and uh, the forces that go around it to turn it into a viable business. Is, is way easier if you're not stuck on a single idea. So mm-hmm. that's why I, I chose these trends that I believe in, because these trends we can, we can then shape the business around. But it turns out that the original idea that we had to build software for vacation rental property managers or Airbnb hosts at the time was actually pretty good. So we haven't had to change the basic idea at all uh, over the time.
2: That's such yeah, an awesome sense. way of explaining it. Yeah. I, I really like that. And I really like how you how you took the overall word that, where the where because also six years ago, which you didn't talk about, I, I thought you were gonna mention was the beginning of this whole economy of like let's Uber, right? Like 60, I remember in college that wasn't a thing. It would have been awesome if it was when we went to college, but it just wasn't, right? So this whole idea of like it's a sharing economy and like all of this is really happened, at least in my mind. In this last couple of years so it's so interesting how you kind of caught all of that into your idea early on um so when you guys got going was your inspiration so you, you say you were interviewing hosts but then were you looking at property management softwares or were you looking at hospitality softwares like what what, what did you guys look at to see that what, what you had to do
0: Uh, We were mostly looking at property managers, but I I remember once uh, this was about in in Uber's early days, I went to a tech meetup and there was someone on stage. He was the CEO and he said, he was CEO of a tech startup. And he said, you know what I did? I tried Uber. And, um, And then he said, but not the way you think I did. I tried actually driving it. And I thought that was cool. So one of the things we immediately recognize is that the way these Airbnb hosts operated is vastly different. Their needs are very different from other companies that are doing the exact same thing in the same city with the same type of properties. It's just the needs for the software are different. And we we couldn't figure it out uh, back then. I don't think the industry has figured it out today either. But what we realized then is that we can interview a thousand of these, but we're going to get to the same conclusion that they're they're still different. The only way we can get that that experience is by doing it ourselves. So we actually started managing uh, several properties um, just to get the experience of what it's like when uh, when you need to clean the toilets when there's suddenly six guests arriving, but there's only five forks. What do you do? And, um, and when sure. the cleaner calls in sick, or when <laughs> uh, when there's damages and Airbnb doesn't pay. We've, we've been through all that and it took us a few years until we got to give away the properties. But it was it was a terribly exciting industry to go into exactly because unlike any other industry where I worked in, the the, the needs and challenges are so unique. And today I, ca- I can put them in buckets, but there's still 10 buckets. You know, if you sell... If you sell solutions for banks, you know, maybe, let's narrow it down, U.S. banks, then pretty much the needs of any U.S. bank are the same of any other U.S. bank. Mm -hmm. They're not that different. Let's say you sell printers. Well, one U.S. bank is going to need a similar thing, similar needs related to that printer as another U.S. bank. But when it comes to vacation rental software and in general things, Regarding vacation rental, you can't draw the same conclusion. Some some banks may not even need a printer at all, and that's uh, that's what I find amazing with this industry: is that you you need to keep an open open eye, and there's mm-hmm. always new things happening because there's always new new business models emerging.
2: Yeah. So what what would you say it's it's something? So I think a lot of a lot of PMS softwares do a lot of things and and very similar things, right? Which is probably what you were saying, right? So people are looked at, let's, let's keep your analogy of like with the banks, they're like, okay, no matter how different the banks are, they all have certain things. So you guys all sync with the calendar, with the different OTAs, you, you all have some sort of like automatic messaging that either syncs through you or somebody else. But what's something that's like unique that you guys have, that maybe comes from this unique experience that, that you had, even though I think, other probably PMS software had some people on their team that were also hosts because I, I hope because that makes sense uh, so what is something that is unique to you guys that you guys have found o- over the years that not everybody else has
0: very good uh, good question I I it's a subjective opinion uh, so I won't take my own but according to to our users uh, this year we have better support than any other system in in the world and um, but that that support and this is a, a bit of a business secret people think we have good support because we hire the best people and we hire more of them and we give them a lot of training yes we do all of that but actually because we're in tech we built the platform the foundations of the platform this was many years before we had a single customer using it because it's not simple technology at all um uh, we built it in a way so that we could support it so every time when it was time to improve or build a feature we thought how are we going to get the users to use it and what questions will they have how are we going to train people to answer those questions in in an efficient manner Um, and that's how we designed the software so we actually we 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 have a fantastic support team but that's not the only reason why our support is good it's also because we have designed the platform to make sure that the users can get good support from it and a part of that is, of course, that it has to be very reliable. Do the same thing 10 times. You want to do 10 times the same outcome. You don't want different things to happen.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think that's probably one of the most under-analyzed things that people think about when they're choosing a PMS is what does the support look like? Because I will tell you, I've tested a lot of different PMSs. And when something goes sideways and you need to get it fixed right away it's it will make your life way less stressful if you know that you're going to get the support to resolve it quickly cuz this is a this is a game where like speed kills like if you can't get stuff fixed quickly and you got guests checking in and out and the more units you add you're going to be in trouble really quick if you have an issue like really quick and it could cripple your business honestly so that's definitely something that you want to think about and i don't think we've talked too much about that on this show so like Factor that in when you're selecting a PMS, like what does that support system look like? You know, is it a ticketing system or their phone reps? What's their response time? You know, what's customer reviews look like on that particular topic? Because all the bells and whistles and everything else, those are great. But if something breaks, you need to be able to resolve it quickly.
0: Yeah, that's that's a very good point. And it's not it's not even up to us to make sure that nothing breaks. Uh, so I mean, we we're preferred partners of of Airbnb, verbal and Booking.com. We're also partnering with Marriott and Expedia. Uh, that's something that quite a few companies in the space even have all all five. But uh, when they make changes or where things break in those systems, or when even even things like regulation. They Airbnb might operate, the platform might work in one way until a certain region comes and says, hey, Airbnb, you need to change your way or get out of here. That's what happened to Uber in, in uh, France, uh, for example. Then it suddenly means that whatever you're doing, that millions of others are doing, it doesn't work anymore because your property is in a certain region. Now, that's when support comes in handy because if, if whatever you're trying to do doesn't work, and you call support or you send a question, why doesn't it work? Does the person there know is the organization trained enough and big enough to realize it's because you're properly in a same specific region? So it's nothing to do with software and everything to do with just how fragmented this industry is.
2: Yeah, I, I had the issue. I had the issue for a little while. I don't know if you remember, Mike, but my, my units were down on Airbnb, they were not down on VRBO, and there was a change on the Airbnb side that they weren't recognizing our licensing number, just because they had a change on their side. And, and, and my PMS, I, I'm, I'm not one to talk shit, so I won't say who it is, but my PMS, they did not know how to answer it. And their person that they were talking to did not know the specific of our region. And so they didn't know how to answer either. Right. So, but long story short, we were two and a half weeks without able, like half of our units were down. Right. So then again, In my person, what I learned from that is is the importance of like having a direct booking website and everything else. But again, if you are solely dependent on a single OTA, that makes a big difference. The other thing that I love that you said about how the company came along and it shows your your software developer kind of background, because I have a little brother that is also in software development, is, is the idea of really thinking from the beginning how to fix something because there is an easy way to fix something that may not be the right way. And long-term, it actually makes the system worse. So the idea of like, sometimes when you build a SaaS, right, it's, it's, you have to figure out, okay, how I'm gonna build this right in the long-term, even if it's a pain right now, so that in the long-term it's easier, because then if you try to change it afterwards, it, it's gonna be slightly more complicated actually. So you always pay for the convenience of how quickly you do something. And the reason I'm repeating this in this way is because this is the same for your management, your management business, right? So a lot of our audience is growing management teams and growing management companies, and understanding the easy fix most of the times has a price.
0: thank you for the example with the licensing there and your listings being down because of it. That's uh, yeah, that's yeah, uh, it killed
2: us. Killed us. It's a
0: it's a perfect example of uh, of how how complex this industry is, and it's also I think that's one reason why the, the OTAs, they're limiting the number of partners that they want to work with, because, um, I mean, in that case, it was bad for you, but it was also bad for Airbnb, because they mm-hmm. didn't make any money on that. Yeah, And, okay. and actually, that's, that's why they have very high requirements of who gets to be a partner with them in the first place. Um, mm-hmm. And some of them don't even accept new applications. So it, it's, it used to be very hard to enter the industry, uh, but it's very hard to enter it even today. Um now um yeah sorry what, what did you did you ask
1: one of the things that i was going to pivot to was when you were starting to run your short term rentals which i love that approach by the way um and again making it applicable for the listeners like go stay in some airbnb short term rental properties to get a feel of like wow that was really cool or wow, they could do this way better, right? Stay in a few of those, get a little flavor for it. Mm -hmm. When you were doing that, what were some of the, because I can only imagine there's so many things that you would want to put into a system, right? But it all takes time, money, effort, everything. So what were some of the things that you prioritized at the beginning to dial in? And then what are some of the things that you're starting to prioritize for like 2022 and beyond? So I guess like from the start, like what were the key, Things that you really wanted to focus on, and then what are some of the things that you're going to start focusing on going
0: forward? Um, in the beginning, what what I what we quickly noticed is that the the marketing aspect of it is very important to make sure that you have have properties out on the right marketing channels. And turns out that putting the same content on Verbo and and Airbnb and Booking for the same property is not always well; is usually a bad idea. You need because they have different, different audiences, different segments, and that segment depends on the type of property and the location. So you can't say that the average, you can't take the average Airbnb user because the average Airbnb user is not going to book your property. What you need to take is the average Airbnb user that is looking for your type of property in your area, and then compare it to the average verbal and average Booking.com and Marriott user who is looking for your type of property in your area. And then you need to tailor the marketing to that. That, that was one, one eye-opener because I looked at the stats for the properties we had. You know, how many percent of bookings and what are the average uh, nightly rates for these type of properties? And I found out that we were very unsuccessful on certain channels and way more successful on, on others. Um, another thing that very very clearly came up the, is the is having automated messages. That's a that's a must-have, but how how complex it can be because you have different situations with changing times and so on, um, and uh, that's that definitely yeah gave gave us uh, gave us a lot of food for thought, but I'd say that experience was still quite limited because we were running we were running Airbnb's in cities, and that's not where our business is today. Today our business is in. In vacation rental destinations, I always say that's that's places that have either a beach or mountains or lakes or golf courses or wineries. If those are not what you see when you look out the window or you walk five minutes, then it's not a vacation destination. And um, and uh, um, that that's where most of our properties are today, and the demands are entirely different because they want to. They want to upsell cleaning. People stay stay longer. They want to. Um, there's a lot of resort style properties where they they have additional additional features, and then you get to give instructions regarding swimming pool and so on. It's very different from renting out one bedroom condos in a big city.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And what are some of the things that you guys are focusing on? Maybe that you focus on for 2020 2021. And then what's some of your focus areas for 2022? In, uh, in
0: 2021, there was really, uh, and 2020, uh, there were two major things. We actually had to, we had to do a, a fairly big pivot because, uh, we, we had a global user base in, in 2019, uh, we had about 40% of our revenues from Europe, 40% in, in North America, but, um, as you, as you know, Europe still hasn't recovered, it's still not doing well. And we recognized that very early on, actually it was in already in March 2020, I said, no, we just gotta do, we just gotta focus on the US. I don't know for how long, maybe six months, maybe two years, maybe five years. But now that we're looking at the numbers, we're seeing that yeah, the US is doing great. So is Canada and Mexico, but outside of that, nobody's really fine. Nobody's doing well. Um, so it was the right move for us. And, and two key features that we were missing to attack the traditional location rental sector. Um, we we built them there. One was our financial reporting system. Um, you typically have owners want very detailed statements every month on the on the payouts. You you want to know how much money you're making. This is something that was incredibly important to compete with older systems. Um and the other thing that was incredibly important that was a big surprise to us at the moment was how, how many of these property management book, uh, companies get repeat bookings and how many of them even get it on their own website. And their own website gets a lot of hits because they got a brand name that's tied to the location. I think, well, Orlando is maybe an extreme example because it's so, it's so big. Uh, but, uh, but if you take a, take a smaller location like Destin, or Fort Myers Beach, or even Clearwater Beach. You can just Google Clearwater Beach vacation rentals and you'll, you'll find that the top results are not Airbnb and not Furgo. It's going to be a local property manager, maybe Clearwater Beach clearwaterbeachpropertymanagement.com. And, and they get a huge amount of traffic and bookings there. So we, we have really extended our ability to, to build website, get, uh, get the bookings, and then also manage the guests, for example, taking payments and security deposits.
2: Love that. What, Love that. What? did you see? Like, what was that conversation? Right. Like, what was that conversation in March? Because March 2020, that's 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 some good, that's some good foresight, right? Because March 2020, it was literally so early. Because I think like I we didn't get into any kind of lockdown until March here, right? Mike, was that when we started? So like it was where March,
1: but Europe Europe was sooner than us though. Mar- yeah, Europe was a little
2: bit sooner, time right? Time. So what made you see that? Like where. Like what I what I wanna what I wanna know mostly it's I'm very fascinated with you because you seem very analytical, and I'm wondering if this is an analytical decision or it's 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 one of those like moments that you felt it in your belly and you're just like, we're going this way.
0: Very very good question because uh, it's actually. Yeah, it was, it was quite heartbreaking for us. I, I, I know, so we have a partner network of around 100 technology companies in the space. And I know a couple of them have raised capital just before February. And I know a couple of them, including us, who were planning to raise capital just after March 2020. Mm-hmm. And for those who just got the money and were sitting on a pile of cash, for them it was a dream because, you know, if they have to relax for six months and do nothing, then it's fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, for those that were like us who were waiting on money it was a complete disaster We, we we had no money we had to let people go um but what was even worse was that our customers had no money so they started calling and um and as soon as i had managed to save us financially what i did was i put together i i gave uh i assigned a task to our customer success team and i said look any customer gives any kind of indication that they have problems paying their bills or that they have problems in their business, get them on a call with me. And we booked my calendar full for almost three months. It was, it was 40% of our customers had, had challenges that time between, between March and May, June. And that was, the only, that was, in hindsight, it was probably one of the most dangerous things I've done. It was extremely difficult for my mental health. Mm -hmm. But uh, the reason I was able to get the direction so early on is that I spoke to our customers in Australia, New Zealand, uh, Africa, Asia, Europe, Canada, U.S. And uh, very early on, it was obvious that um, this this was not going to be good for the travel industry. And the travel industry today is not doing well. It's been two years. It's still not doing well. Vacation rentals and short-term rentals in the U.S. are doing excellent, but that's not the travel industry. Mm-hmm. But what was very obvious to me, speaking to the clients, no matter whether they had they have one property or 200, uh, was that a lot of the Americans had an endless amount of optimism, and that's how how I made the decision because if I I, I thought if these people can just be so optimistic about the future and have such a huge amount of hope, then I'm pretty sure things will work themselves out. They will use that hope to find find the light in the darkness. And that's exactly what they did. And and that's what I didn't see in Europe. And they're still in the dark. You still have restrictions, shutdowns, you can't travel. Um, And yeah, so it was was purely based on, on our customers. Well, some of them are went out of business they, they don't exist anymore
2: mm-hmm. no, but that's that's a super powerful story, and I think it's it's such a good explanation of of how our our market rebounded, and that was kind of the the feeling that we had when we were doing the show back back in those days, right, and we were thinking about this and talking about it. that was the feeling right is and and I don't know. I, I come to think, you know, I immigrated to the States from Italy. And this to me is part of the like American mindset, right? Is this American mindset of like there is always opportunity, right? And there is always this. And this is to me, like America may have changed over the years, but this is such a fundamental part of the American culture, and especially of the people that actually make it here, right? Is is this overwhelming like cup is always full kind of mentality. But I also have to acknowledge you because that that takes a certain kind of leader to go out there and actually in the middle of like because my I can imagine part of you just wanted to hide in bed and be like this is not working I don't know what to do and and just become become a victim right like we if we raised money a month ago we would have been great instead now no and and it just sometimes you just can't can bury your head in the sand you have to go out there and see and and in your case you got you you get rewarded so that that's that's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's uh, well. I mean, to be honest, we we were supposed to be rewarded earlier. We were on a fantastic growth trajectory uh, just before COVID started, and I think if we, yeah, we would probably be a market leader uh, or, or one of the biggest in the in the entire market by now without COVID. Um, but uh, but it's still. Well, what I'm seeing now is that there's just like, like I said, the travel industry is not doing well. I mean, if you look at the number of plane tickets sold globally and especially business class plane tickets, look at the total revenues for all the the airlines in the world and compare that to 2019, you're going to see things are not fine. Same thing with cruise ships. Tours are a big part of the tourism industry. Uh, So are restaurants, uh, international travel. Just go to go to Bali and see how well the restaurants are doing. And that's how you know how good the, the travel industry is. It's mm-hmm. uh, not really good, but uh, yeah, being in um, being one of the fastest growing companies in the vacation rental space, which is a fast growing space right now, it's, it's absolutely amazing. But it's not it's not random. It's it requires some luck, but it's it's also you know we could have made the wrong decision. Maybe U.S. would have gone down the drain and Europe would have prospered but we we have to make the right decision.
2: Yeah, I love this story. Um, I don't know if Mike, you have something specific, but I would love to hear, as you said at the beginning for your intro, right? You go often on the news to talk about the vacation rental space. So I just wanted to see um, what are some of the conversations that you've been having, Um, maybe similar to what we've already been talking about, and then just kind of where you see the industry going into 2022 now. So
0: what I what I think uh, a lot of the conversations are focused around is is how to how to make money and how whether you should uh, should continue growing organically or raise capital or sell your company and there's what Casa did in IPO they they do acquisitions so and they can be pretty open you don't need to normally when you sell your business it's hard work and and luck it's not you, you can't just you know, if you want to sell your old TV, you just put it on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist and, it, and someone will buy it. But if you want to sell a business, it's it's going to be hard work. But now for property managers, there are several companies who are are buying. And actually from our own customers, those that are growing the fastest, they're they're doing exactly that. They're buying up the competition. Um, so, so that's something that I think should be on a lot of people's minds. Because if you put your heart and your soul, and often you put you put other things as well into starting a business, there's, there's a very high cost to running a business. It's not only the heart and soul, it can be thing like, things like your money, maybe your personal relationships, you put your health, your mental health, uh, it can even be your marriage. That's what you put online to create a business. Um, but right now, vacation rentals are doing great, and they're attracting a lot of attention especially from companies that used to do great in travel. Because right now they can't invest into cruise ships because nobody's taking cruises, uh, but they can invest in vacation rentals. So um, I think it's something that, that every successful entrepreneur, especially if they're a property manager in the space, they should have that conversation with themselves or with the co-founders. Are they going to keep growing organically? Are they gonna raise capital? Or are they going to try to sell the business? because right now is a great time i believe that in 2022 it will be even better whatever your choice is if you're gonna raise capital don't do it this year do it next year um but who knows maybe the gravy train ends one
2: day mm. what what kind of multiples are you seeing for property management companies so when people are buying property management companies what multiples are you seeing
0: Good, uh, good question. I actually don't uh, don't know. Um, I heard uh, the CEO of Key Data. He he's an expert on on the topic. I would recommend reaching out to him.
2: Okay, cool. That's that's coming soon. Yeah, that's a coming soon conversation, guys. Um, because that's that's really right. Like that to me is the most fascinating part of of the idea of growing a business. Is that it's actually what I've come to learn is that actually that multiplier can change based on your size. So the smaller you are, technically, you get a smaller multiplier. And the bigger you are, the more of a multiplier you, you get. And I, I personally think it's just because of the system and infrastructures that come with a bigger business, because that can handle more growth once you incorporate it in. But I guess we'll wait till we have somebody that is slightly smarter. Well, than...
0: it's, um, it's, it's the same for, for I mean, I'm, I'm mostly... Uh, interested in the in the tech space of things but it's the same thing if you have it's supply and demand Um, if you if you have a business that's big enough you probably have the processes to support that business Mm -hmm. Um, and if you have those processes you're going to pass through the due diligence that a buyer would be looking for so Mm -hmm. basically the higher multiples for bigger businesses that comes from The fact that there's more buyers willing to to buy your business and there's there's really two things uh, stopping companies from from buying a business one is that the business is too small let's say you manage a fund private equity fund of 10 billion you're not going to go out and buy a company for 10 million because you need to buy 1,000 of them and buying even one company is a lot of work Mm -hmm. what you instead want to do is you want to buy eight companies for half a billion each but if there's no companies in the space that are even worth half a billion by any measure, then you're not going to invest in that space at all. But mm-hmm. the moment one comes along, like Picasso worth four billion, well, then you suddenly have have a good opportunity. Uh, the other reason why companies wouldn't or, or people wouldn't invest in in companies is that they don't have their corporate governance in place. It means that the processes and the activities that they do to conduct their business are not they don't have the proper insurance, they don't have the proper uh, contracts in place, uh, liabilities, um, they haven't assessed the risks, they haven't documented the processes, they don't even have emergency phone numbers of all the employees. These mm-hmm. are things that in, in the wrong place and time, they can kill a business. Even though the business is great, it, it can just kill you. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what investors really don't want to touch. Mm-hmm. And and that of course the due diligence is not only about paperwork. Do you have the insurance? But they're also interviewing key employees, interviewing key customers, and seeing will they stay? You know, are they are they good material? So you need all your infrastructure in place. And of course, building that infrastructure is expensive. But the thing is, if you're a big company, building it is a lot easier. Let's say if you got if you got uh, ten thousand on a bank account. It's pretty hard to set up an HR department with 10 people. But mm-hmm. if you got 100 million on a bank account, it suddenly gets a lot easier to build that HR department. For sure.
2: Yeah. And I think, I think that was some great, great things to think about as people are growing and different different people are doing different things. right? But I think that's the next evolution for people There are maybe a little bit more seasoned. And I think what I got from there is that there is great value in combining smaller things to make them into something bigger, which would be something super interesting um, to see what the multiple will be. So.
0: Absolutely. It, you know, I mean, I, 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 I work in SaaS. Yeah. Yeah, I work in SaaS. And, and there's only one, one thing that matters, and that's growth. Um, because a SaaS business never makes any any money, any, any software. And this goes for most of the software that you see in the vacation rental space. Uh, they have investors, and they have put in money and mm-hmm. if you're paying $100 a month, probably cost the company $300 a month just to produce whatever you're using. Mm-hmm. Um, unless they grow tremendously fast. Because then all of a sudden the cost drops to almost nothing. Mm-hmm. And you're paying them $100 a month and it costs them $1 to produce it. But it's a very long journey. And there's there's almost no companies in this space that are there yet. Someone like Salesforce that started in was in 1991, that's 30 years ago, they, they are there. They can sell to one extra customer and, and they actually make money on it. But there's this, you know, that's 30 years.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 love
1: it. I was going to touch on one quick thing while we were talking about where we're going for 2022 because I saw a release from AirDNA this morning, at least for the US, that they're expecting a 14.1% growth rate This year versus 2019, Um, which again, I absolutely see because I don't have as much perspective other than my friends that are over in the UK and Dubai and different places like that, you know, that are still recovering, but at least in the US this year we had record numbers and I'm already getting a lot of bookings for 2022. And I think Same. part of that is just geographically, the way that the country is laid out, there's a lot of drive to destinations. So people didn't need to get on planes. So as long as you could drive within a six hour radius to somewhere to get away, you know, you were doing fine. Mm-hmm. Hawaii got hit because again, you couldn't get on a plane for a while to get to Hawaii. Plus all the other regulatory stuff. But good news is, is, you know, they're anticipating 14% growth compared to 2019 before the pandemic even hit. So definitely optimistic for the U S completely agree with everything that you've been saying. And, um yeah, this is, this has been great. So I want to be respectful of your time. Um, before we get into the last question, first, I just want to acknowledge you for all the blood, sweat and tears that you put into this industry and into your business. And, you know, as a, as a founder of a company, I totally understand like, you said all the sacrifices that go into it and um, acknowledge you. And I want to thank you for sharing a lot of that journey because even being in the tech space, a lot of the things that we talked about and E was pulling that out throughout the interview, like it still applies. It's still a business. And those same principles apply whether you're in a tech company or you're running a property management company or a fund to buy properties, whatever it is, all those principles still apply. So thank you for coming on here and sharing that. Really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And um, for the folks that want to get in touch, what's the best way to, to find out more about Hostaway?
0: Uh, just go to Hostaway.com. Uh, you can also ask if you're using any software like dynamic pricing or maybe using Airbnb. Ask them who's the best. Uh, what's the best channel manager? What's the best PMS for me? You might uh, you might find uh, Hostaway on that list. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me and uh, maybe show me a pitch deck or or ask me anything you can uh, just google for marcus post away linkedin easiest way to find me awesome
1: awesome thank you and so the last question that we like to ask all of our guests and again i think it'll be interesting from your perspective is what would you say is your number one secret to success with short-term rentals
0: number one secret to success is uh there's actually three of them kpis 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 hmm. this is something that uh so the way our, our customer success team operates at at Hostaway we're quite different from uh, from our competitors we we act proactively look into the numbers of of the business look at the marketing material and and give advice to to our customers so we we try to help them get a better business because if they if they get that we we don't get any benefit from that but if they have a better business then they don't go bankrupt and if they do go bankrupt that's bad for us So we have a bit of selfish motive there of of helping them. And one of the the most astonishing things is that any business, as you develop, especially if you grow, if you don't grow it, then, then it's one thing. But if you do grow your business, you're gonna suddenly notice that the things that used to work, they no longer work. Or the people that used to do the right things, they start doing the wrong things. And that is a pure numbers game. There's a very simple solution to that. You just put up a spreadsheet and every month you track as many numbers as you can. Now, in the beginning of a business, you have no idea what to track, but there's still simple things you can track. If you're working by yourself, put number of employees, one. And the moment you start working with another person, there's another number, two. Check how many guests you have, check how many properties you have, check what your total revenues are, how many cleanings did you have, how many cleaning staff do you have, Just write this down in a spreadsheet, because what's going to happen as you grow your business is you're going to notice that whatever worked yesterday doesn't work anymore. And those numbers, if you have enough of them, you'll be able to spot the trends. And you notice, oh, if the ratio between the number of cleaners and properties goes over this, then all of a sudden we have unhappy guests. Okay, well, maybe we get more cleaners, uh, just as an example. But you never know what's going to hit you until you can look back at those numbers and actually that's um, you mentioned you mentioned how building a business is is the same no matter what business it is every business is built on people it, they are the most critical aspect of a business but people you can't just take random people put them in a room and expect a good business that's why that's why uh, college teamworks never never works out because you put random people and expect them to do a good job together. No, it almost never works out. What you need is to bind them together by culture. And culture is very hard to build if you don't know what you want to build. But if you have the numbers, and this is what we actually did. We, we tried many different ways, but after around four years, we started figuring it out. If we just have the numbers that tell us what to do and where to go. That is our culture. And then, if we hire only people who respect that culture, we will have an excellent team of the best people who all work together. So, that's, uh, that's my one, one advice to all property managers focus on your numbers, start tracking them. You never know when they're gonna, gonna be useful.
2: That was, that was, I don't think anybody has ever said oh, KPI as their number one secret, but I think anytime I talk to anybody that is growing, or that has a huge growth or has a huge business that conversation always comes up and it goes back to what i was saying earlier like i i i recognize your leadership abilities from your desire to not avoid the numbers like i i know numbers are scary because they make things real but numbers are sc- that they make things real in a way that you can act on them and let any business if you want to be in it for the longevity of the business you can't look away when life gives you evidence of whatever you're doing right or wrong. Because that to me, in a sense, is where you fail. Because anytime I run out of money is when I don't look at my bank account, right?
0: They're very true. And that's why I said also, you only need numbers if you're growing. If you're running a gas station, you don't need to count how many people step in through the door every day. Because you'll see that on your bank account at the end of the, end of the month. But mm-hmm. if, you, if you wanna run 10,000 gas stations, and if you want other people to run those gas stations for you, then there's no way you can do it without, without the numbers. And and yes, it's scary. I mean, the scary part is not actually looking at the numbers. The scary part is, is doing it. You know, you, can go look, you have the luxury there of looking at your bank account because someone else built the entire system that allows you to pick up the phone and look how much money you have.
2: And mm-hmm. you think
0: that's scary. Well, imagine when you have to build your own system to figure out how to even look at the numbers. You know, how many sales demos did we have this, this week? How many guests were staying? Well, that can be scary. The first time you have an empty spreadsheet and you need to find a number to put in there, I think that's the most scary part. It's not the outcome. It's just that it might take you two weeks to even find, find out one number.
2: Mm-hmm. Love it. So
1: good. So good. Yeah, Marcus, show, thank man. you so much for being on here. Really, really enjoyed this interview and uh, looking forward to staying in touch. And wishing you and the whole Hostaway team nothing but success and a uh, very exciting and prosperous 2022.
0: Thank you. Likewise. Thank you very much for for having me and, uh, and have a happy holidays.
1: Likewise. 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 Yes. All right. Yes. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.